0: Welcome to Vegan Stories Podcast, featuring people who eat abundantly, live vibrantly, and dream of a vegan world. I'm your host, Jeff Rosenblum, and I've really been looking forward to having today's guest on my podcast. He's been one of my personal training clients for over eight years. We've developed a true friendship over the course of this time. I've been fortunate to have gotten to know several members of his family And his wife, Deepika, was my guest on episode six. Raised in India as a vegetarian, we've had countless conversations during and outside of our training sessions about food and specifically the consumption of dairy. We've dined together at a variety of Indian and vegan restaurants throughout Atlanta. I've eaten meals in his home on several occasions and it's been interesting to watch as he and his family, including two young daughters, have gradually become vegan, eliminating virtually all dairy from their diet. We'll discuss his and his family's transition to veganism, as well as one of the focus areas of his scholarly research and teaching interests, which is environmental sustainability. So we'll address that as it relates to the state of farming and the food system. I'm so excited. To welcome to Vegan Stories Podcast, my client and friend, Robbie Subramanian. Hi, Robbie. Hi, Jeff. Robbie, I so enjoyed having Deepika on my podcast just a few episodes ago, and she shared such interesting information about you and your family and how relatively easy it's been for all of you to make the shift from lifelong vegetarians into veganism, as well as Indian cuisine in general and the wonderful dishes that she consistently prepares. Now it's great to have you to share more about your veg to vegan shift, as well as environmental sustainability. So thank you for joining me today.
1: It's a pleasure, Jeff.
0: Now, I mentioned in the introduction that you grew up in India and currently live in Atlanta, but how old are you and at what age and why did you move to the United States?
1: I'm 44 years old now. And I had some sort of a uh, reverse migration pattern of sorts. I was born in New York City. My parents were here in the 70s. And they moved back to Mumbai. And I spent a lot of my initial years in, <clears throat> in India. Um, spent, you know, went to college in India, went to graduate school in India, worked in India, and then came back to the U.S. for my Ph.D. And uh, after my Ph.D., came to Atlanta for uh, my academic job.
0: And what is your profession? What do you do for academics?
1: I'm on the faculty at Georgia Tech, but of course, I'm just representing myself here personally.
0: Of course. Well, thank you for that, Robbie. Now, please share from your perspective what it was like being raised as a vegetarian and how, when and why you shifted to veganism and how that's been.
1: Yeah, I have to say that I've I've been really lucky because I grew up as a vegetarian and never really uh, was curious about meats. So the food at home used to be so good. And, um, and the, the options, even if you were eating outside were so many that really it was never a matter of curiosity for me. However, the one big part of the diet which I've given up since is dairy. So we used to have a lot of dairy based products, uh, milk and cheese, cottage cheese uh, known as paneer, uh, clarified butter, which is key, and we had a lot of that in foods. And um, this is a transition that I've made over the last several years. And you had a role to play in that, Jeff. So I have to say thank you to you also.
0: Well, it was my pleasure. And I remember the hardest and last dairy product for you to replace was what you put in your espresso. So please talk about that experience.
1: Yeah, uh- you know, as as a child, I, I never liked milk because it used to be paired with sugar. And I thought that was a ghastly combination. And mm-hmm. uh, I also remember pouring it down the sink. And uh, and uh, I, I think there was a larger message in there where, <laughs> uh, you know, you found it so uh, detestable uh, that, that you would um, pour it down the sink. Um, but I, I didn't mind it in coffee. So milk without sugar. And coffee and and hot chocolate is is something I I used to enjoy several years. And um, as I started to learn more about the uh, the impacts of animal-based products, and and not only in terms of human health, but also in terms of broader implications for the environment and sustainability, um, I uh, wanted to start that journey. And uh, I would say it was a four or five year journey, just you know, to slowly give up everything dairy related in, in the diet. And the last thing that I gave up was uh, was milk. And it was really hard to find a substitute. So there are, uh, I, I was aware that there are these nut-based milks and, um, and oat milks and so on. But they typically have so many other things in them that I really didn't like the fact that they seemed like, um, you know, like cornstarch in some ways that you were drinking. Uh, but I did eventually find a great substitute. Um, it's... Um, uh, a cashew milk. Uh, uh, the brand is is, is Elmhurst. They have it. Just has cashews and um, and water, and it's just very amazing. It's just such a fantastic substitute. I, I really don't. Once that happened, I really stopped milk altogether. So that was the day when I found when I found the appropriate substitute. I just dropped milk altogether. So it was that dispensable for my diet, and it was just. i um, see some sort of a farcical interest in in, in coffee, but i mean I've been able to maintain that.
0: That's awesome. And what type of health benefits have you attained as a result of that?
1: Well, uh, Jeff, you know that uh, you can calibrate, you know, whether I've I've maintained my strength over the years. Um, But uh, in terms of uh, just being able to control my weight, I've been, uh, I dropped 10 pounds after giving up milk. So it's, and giving up 10 pounds is, uh, is difficult if you're maintaining, you know, even if you're working out and you're making sure you're eating the you know, overeating, but, uh, it's, it just was an eye opener for me in terms of how much more nutrition, um, and also maybe not an ideal kind of nutrition that, uh, I was sort of oversupplying the body. Um, and, and, and that has been fantastic just being able to walk around a little more lightly, being a little more flexible and being able to get into, you know, crawl spaces for doing work around the house. It's, it's, it's been, it's, it's been amazing. And, um, you know, you and I, we, we share these conversations and, um, you know, I feel pretty good. And and I think a lot has to do with, uh, with, with trying to give up the uh, with giving up dairy.
0: Well, you've done a great job with that in terms of your strength. It's there and it gets better with every workout. So it's been a pleasure seeing the, the growth that you've had in terms of your nutrition and your, your workouts. And Robbie, talk about what it was like coming to this country and being vegetarian. Did you face any People that you went to school with, or that you worked with, that were curious about it, or, or had anything to say about that.
1: Yeah, I think that the questions that they would ask was, "Where are you getting your your protein from?" And initially, um, I, and every time somebody asked something, I would I would do a Google search, and it's amazing when you search for foods, you'll find all sorts of conflicting information. Or you need so many grams of protein a day, and you would get it through milk and uh, you know and dairy and so um a, a reason why i initially uh, maintained the, the consumption of milk was i felt like it was something that i needed without knowing that uh you get so much of that protein from just plant-based foods so just the, the diets that we grew up on were just naturally diverse in nutrients in um you know in all the essential nutrients and in, in, in their best forms so and not just in processed forms or in concentrated forms but in the way nature intended so um I think the um in some ways I succumbed to this uh to the information in the in the internet and giving up, you know, what were what seems to be now quite fundamental principles of how uh, how food should be consumed. So we've gone back full circle and saying, well, just back to the basics is is really what we need to do. That's it.
0: Absolutely. And how about your family? I know Deepika shared a lot about that, but you have two young daughters and 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 obviously a wife and, and they've con- kind of gone right along with you eliminating that dairy as best they can and shifting toward veganism so talk about that from a family perspective share a little more even beyond what what Deepika did
1: yeah from from a family perspective we we have uh, and I have, to, I have to say I'm really fortunate to be um, to be in a in a situation where uh, where, where it's really been uh, convenient um but I think in, just in terms of um giving up things that we grew up with i think that's i would say that's how i that's how i would put it that dairy being an essential part of the diet um that has been surprisingly easy i would say um in the family and we, we're at this point now where my where my kids don't like cheese and pizza i mean they don't, they just don't like cheese uh, as an exception sometimes we might we might have uh, uh, cheese and something that uh, the the kids are eating but again it's it's just that they it's they don't like it they don't want it anymore and um so it's as it's been um a a journey from the standpoint of the kids it's been i would say a pretty rapid journey in terms of them just giving up dairy altogether and i think it's it's uh, also a function of the options that they're being provided um and um when when we go to birthday parties and this cake that um uh, where there's, it's obvious that there's there's milk in it or eggs in it. Even uh, my kids just don't want to touch it. Not because they're trying to be uh, snobbish about it. It's just that it seems unnatural to them, and when they eat it, they don't feel good about it.
0: Well, yeah, with you and Deepika being raised as vegetarian on on really such natural whole foods in India, and and both of your daughters basically being raised that same way, it seems like it was a much easier transition for you guys just to drop that dairy and uh, and just really enjoy more of that whole food, plant based nutrition and. And that's terrific that you're doing it all together. And now, Robbie, I mentioned that one of the focus areas of your research and teaching is environmental sustainability. Can you please share with our listeners how that ties into farming and our food system?
1: Absolutely. If you look at the way uh, food is grown, uh, whether it's, it's it's plant or animal, but mostly animal-based uh, foods, the way the uh, way animals are farmed, and and you look at the the environmental impacts, I mean, they're quite staggering, and, and it's not like you have to bend over backwards to to try to convince someone. It, it, the evidence is all there, and um, the resources and the energy that is that is expended in uh, in in maintaining that that um, that food supply chain is just so enormous and and unsustainable, not only in terms of uh, um, you know, if you think about broadly in terms of environmental impacts, but also in terms of human health. And um, just a couple of days ago, I was I was reading an article about um, how global pandemics have historically been very rare, that it's been very rare that you have uh, a pandemic of this scale. And there was a summary of what we have seen since uh, the, uh, the year 2000, that we have seen so many pandemics and a lot of it has to do with, um, and it, it's quite logical that um, it spreads across species that and it spreads through animal protein. So even if you um, strip away, you know, some sort of an activist argument in, 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 in favor of giving up animal product, I mean there's this an individual argument to be made that um, it, it really affects our health and, and there um, it's and we need we need people to transition away from animal based foods.
0: Well, I agree hundred percent. How do your students react to this when you teach them this?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I just wanted to qualify. I'm glad you asked the question, Jeff, because uh, what I was expressing is the way I feel about it. Um, but again, I, I don't really push hard in terms of uh, promoting a certain agenda. Um, but uh, I, I find that uh, I feel optimistic because the uh, I feel the current generation thinks about these issues and um, in one of my, the courses that I taught, uh, we had a, a quite an open-ended project. So I didn't, I didn't tell the students that you have to work on this and th- or that. And I said, pick a project uh, where you believe that there are substantial, not only environmental, but also uh, social impacts all around. And um, what can you do about it? And uh, so the project was based on individual action, not just coming up with a hypothetical set of bullet points that the whole world was, must do, but what can we do individually? And they came up with this great idea of uh, and, and I think they I believe they also created some flyers and uh, distributed them where give up meat for one day of the week. And, and they came up with an assessment of how can it benefit the environment, society. It was quite fascinating that um, that uh, when presented with uh, the information, I think a lot of people will make that transition. And uh, over the years, I've been like, I've said that before, I've benefited from interacting with you, Jeff um, that I've learned more, and you've not uh, pushed me too hard, and it's just that the fact that I've, as I've learned more um, about the impact on 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 human health, individual health, my own health, that I have made these uh, these changes, and and, um, and and these are not difficult changes to make because there are so many options available now, and the health benefits are just quite tremendous. I mean, uh, it seems like it should be easy for a lot of people to do.
0: Well, it's great that you made the connection and you're now passing it on to your students. And yes, I think the younger generation is so much more ready to hear this. And there is so much more information with the internet these days and the documentaries and the books and the studies that have been done. So uh, I I think the world is going to continue to get to a better and better place. And and now I know there are companies that has some imitation meat products. And I always say, I think these companies are fantastic for the environmental concerns, as well as saving lives of animals and, and even a little bit from a health standpoint too. However, you know, as a great transition food being great for environmental sustainability, it is not the ideal for health. And I bring this up because I think it's so interesting, Robbie, that you've kind of bypassed that because you have never eaten beef or pork or chicken or Turkey or fish and you've just had the natural whole foods. And now, you know, people making these transitions, I think it's a great alternative to get them to that whole food plant-based nutrition pattern. But how do you feel about these companies that are doing these things?
1: Well, I think it's it's an important part of the transition. And uh, I have been following Beyond Meat in terms of their, their products and how they, uh, to what market are they advertising them. So their target market is quite explicitly people who are making that transition. So it's not for for people who have not even met. Uh, it was a funny story that um, I don't know if it was you know the Beyond Burger or the Impossible Burger, but we were at a um, um, I forget where it was, but we we ordered a burger and we said we want a vegetarian burger. They had a vegetarian burger on there on their menu, and as I had it, I said this cannot be right. It's this this doesn't taste right. It has it's it's it tastes so unnatural, and I just put it in the trash. Um, but I think it's helpful though, for those of them, uh, the individuals that are making the transition, I think um, it, it is helpful if uh, you're accustomed to a taste and you know you really don't wanna sacrifice that in the transition. Like you said, Jeff, um, I've been lucky that I didn't have to make that transition, but I've had to make transitions in other ways. I would say dairy is was that massive transition for us because it was believed to be that only source of protein for us and it was a, a very big part of our diet. So that was a, a big transition and um, what I had seen is, um, and this is true of people around me who have also made the transition, is once you get past that hurdle, that you really never start to uh, to miss it. And in fact, it seems odd uh, when you consume it again. So on occasion when somebody doesn't tell me that, it, you know, or if I don't know that something has cheese in it and wanna bite into it, immediately I know that it's, it's, it seems unnatural. So, um, uh, so that's the the kind of um, transition that I think could help get to eventually to plant based um, uh, foods or whole whole foods, but I think those products are helping and they're also helping mitigate the environmental impacts of uh, of the of farming the way it's conducted right now.
0: Absolutely. Well, Robbie, this is great because again you bring such a unique perspective, like Deepika does and some of the other guests do, uh, and that is having that transition period to get past the one last hurdle and finally make it through and and having the health benefits from that and and your focus on environmental sustainability as one of your areas for research and teaching is also a unique perspective so i appreciate you bringing this to our listeners and Mm -hmm. and i've enjoyed working with you and training with you over the last uh, eight years i look forward to every one of our sessions and and i look forward to our next and And again, thank you for being here today, and thank you for sharing the information you did. Thank you very much. That was Ravi Subramanian, and I'm Jeff Rosenblum. Thank you for listening, and remember, eat, live, and dream vegan.